You're listening to the Recess Podcast. Today on the show, we have the Ming Brothers with us, Malaysia's all-time favorite digital creators. I'm Kessel. And I'm Sulin. Let's go! Ming Han, Ming Yue, welcome to the show. Hey! What's up? Good morning! Uh, first up, hold on, Ming Yu, you want to correct the... Yeah, the, it's actually Ming Yu. You, oh, Ming Yu. Not Ming Yu. Uh, right. Can we yeah. do that again? I'm so sorry. No, oh, I love it. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. okay. It's okay. okay. It's okay. Let's just go. Ming Yu. Okay. Yeah. Wait, yeah, I'm so happy you guys agreed to, to do this. I've been watching your video since, I think, six years ago. Yeah, How? this okay, is thanks. where we all way, feel old. Way to right make away. us feel old, man. Astaga. <laughs> hi. Oh my gosh. Thank you for having us on the show. I appreciate it. Yes. Thank you. Let's just start. Like, How long have you guys been doing... YouTube or creating content. Obviously, now that you've outed us with that, <laughs> with the yeah. fact that you've been more watching six, six years. years ago. Yeah, we've been doing it for more than six years. I think Mingan kicked off like videos back in 2011. 2010, but, 11. But yeah, actually, we were making content before our, yeah. our TMT channel because my brother and I used to do more music. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we actually started making content like maybe 2010, 2009 before Mingyu flew off to UK. Mm-hmm. Uh, and TMT happened after that. So you could say it's like definitely more than 10 years, like, you know, messing around in videos and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I actually scroll back on your YouTube channel and then there was the first video nine years ago. It was uh, it was you like just solo, like talking yep. and explaining Facebook or something. I forgot, but yeah. And then yep. you guys evolved to like comedy skits and then short yeah. films and then reaction videos. And today you guys are doing a podcast. Yeah, yeah. Just, you know, getting really excited about content and then now trying to do as least as possible again. So, you know, podcast is the best. You just show up and put on a mic and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Well, regardless, <laughs> you guys have been wildly successful with over half a million subscribers on YouTube and over millions of views. No, don't oh, be... Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah we can see, see it. Oh, like, choice of words here. Wild is... Mm, mm. Maybe just Wild like is adequately... Not even adequate. successful, just adequate. <laughs> right, right, right place, right time. Right place, yeah. right time. So how yeah. has this journey been so far to go from like, you know, little guitar and little music videos videos to like millions of views and subscribers. Mingyu, what was your journey like? Like popping I, back into I this? I don't know. I feel <laughs> like we not like that's never been in the same sentence for us. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it, <laughs> I think today we're just figuring out, we constantly say this, that we're always figuring out like what we're doing now and what we're doing next. Um, it's, it, it, the mediums change. I think yeah. you can look yeah. at, at the last five years, 10 years, right? And mm. you can see how YouTube was, I, I'm using the keyword was the sort of like the center platform for digital content for quite a bit. Um, and you're seeing how that's branched off into smaller versions of the different apps that we have today, like Instagram, TikTok, um, and then, you know, Spotify and podcast, stuff like that. Um, so I guess for us, it's just figuring out what that content landscape looks like now and what we predict it to be in the next 10 years and um, putting that together with the team that we've built. And that, that's honestly, I guess, the best part of what we do. Mm. TLDR has been confusing it still <laughs> is we have no idea what we're doing what we've done and we still don't know what we're doing so <clears throat> I think people mistake it like they, they think we have a plan and like we have no plan we've been winging it for like a decade and like people haven't realized it yet but so you know we'll just keep on winging it for now so yeah 
Yeah. I think you guys are really, really humble. Um, I've watched so many YouTube creators <laughs> in Malaysia, and oh, um, like the the era you said YouTube was, and you guys even did a few original series like the Delivery Boy Unplugged Project, mm-hmm. which I I love. Can you walk us briefly through like ideation and bring this to life on screens? Like, what's the process like? Wow, um, the process. I think. I'm trying not to get technical because I don't think I'm a professional writer. It's like, it's that spirit of YouTube, right? You think of an idea, it seems really great. Then you tell a friend about it. And usually my friend is Ming Yu and like, hey, you, you think this is funny and all. And Ming Yu is like, what? That's a shit idea. Let's not do it. I'm like, okay, then we don't do it. Um, but most of the time it's like, hey, I, this sounds pretty cool. Uh, I will usually just write a few things out. And I have this technique, like it's called the back burner, right? So um, I, I I have random ideas every day and I'll just write it. But for ideas, like I have a very interesting testing system. If I don't forget about an idea for a month, I'll go and start working on it. So that's how the Unplugged project came about. Delivery Boy came about. And then, then the hard stuff happens, like the production process and everything, which we had to learn you know, among these 10 years and, and, and going forth. Um, yes, last time in YouTube, it was much easier. Just a couple of guys get together, just shoot. I love that that season where it's like super small crew, but you still can produce this crazy looking visuals, right? But now it's like, because the team has grown so much, um, processes, like when you said, processes change as well, you know, with the platform. Um, but it's a lot of, I mean, okay, la, technicalities aside, it's a lot of introspection and self-reflection of what you want to talk about and what you want to write into the story. Um, that's very important to me at least. Um, and I've, I've always been a believer of like, if you write a good enough story or a good enough message, people will just want to watch it, right? Because it, at the base of it, we're all the same. We're all humans. We're all going through the same thing, just in different ways. And I think that ideation sticks the strongest to me to develop a video or continue pursuing a video. Because coming from the music scene, I mean, I'll end with this, like this, this answer. Coming from the music scene, it's very easy to get absorbed into writing a song and, and you just, it's all about you. But one thing I learned from YouTube was that um, y- y- it has to make sense for people to watch as well, right? It can't be so personal, like people watch it, like, hey, what am I you know? But it's, it's like, oh, I get it because I've been there. And I think that's what YouTube has really taught is that balance between making it really you and something that everyone feels is really them as well. You know, that's what they call relatability the overused word it's it relatable right um but yeah that's the process in a really horrible nutshell yeah see so when you talk about evolving because you mentioned that you guys don't really have a plan you're kind of winging it going along with the flow but at the same time you're kind of being relatable and being true to yourself so how do you think your content has evolved with you as a creator have you seen menus reels like they, they really <laughs> evolve with with us like yeah i mean you take people yeah. through your real speech like that's like the, the most current piece of content yeah yeah right i i um, love that uh the <laughs> reel of two of you guys no yeah talking about your client and then your client's like uh where's your that that one friend uh it's like so <laughs> real it happens in my like best friend's video production uh company like that's what their clients <laughs> do to them it's like local it's nuts, uh, no, show me show me yeah yeah i i i feel like there's uh I mean, as, as much as, as, as we, we joke and we say that we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I don't think we would have survived like maybe 10 years into the industry if we really didn't know what we're doing. I, I think one yeah. thing that we are good at is uh, always coming up with solutions for the now and the next. 
Um, and for us, that's also been what uh, has actually kept us alive because we 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 were never content at just being comfortable where we were. And I think maybe that's also the, the good thing about it, right? Like if we banked and, and, and put all, all our eggs in the basket, for just YouTube and say back then, you know, we're going to be a YouTube channel forever. This is going to be the shit until like until we're 50 years old, right? We die, like, you know? Um, and, 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 and that's why there was like the YouTube channel. That's why we kind of like had a production studio and now we have a creative consulting agency. There was always the understanding of the market always changes um, and that means creativity and content needs to also change and evolve just as we are as, as, as humans, right? Um, and I think for me, after being dormant on Instagram, for the longest time like last year MCO like when MCO hit last year I literally didn't I was such a lousy influencer um, <laughs> and, and I was still surprised like brands still came to me like hey you want to do something yeah. like guys my Instagram is dead yeah? like 2020 <laughs> you scroll three times it's, two, it's 2019 already you know it's yep. that bad um, mm. and this year when 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 the uh, second uh, lockdown hit Mm. I challenged myself and I said, you know what? Let's just make something with, with Instagram announcing reels, right? Um, let's yeah. let's try making something every day, um, and that was that was incredible for me. And I think what we saw from that was also a sort of like a resonating uh, truth about content in general. Because this year we did a lot of things like we kind of like we committed to doing podcasts every week despite the yeah. lockdown. Uh, right. We we now have like a Discord community of over two thousand people, and and wow. it's just like the new things that we wanted to try. Minghan uh, kicked off like this whole support local with food eats and stuff like that. Yeah. Um. Like there's always something to try, and I think. Um, it always starts off with just the curiosity of like, what if I did this for a bit, and then yeah. and that, and and that's honestly the where 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 I'm at with the reels as well. I'm just like, I know what, I cannot keep up. Or so yeah, I'm just like, mm. okay, why if I stop for a while? What if I start again? It's just been that to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I I think the driving factor like content platforms might change, but I think the intent behind this is what's new what's next like what what should we do it's a very very horrible vice just saying it's a horrible double-sided sword right um double-edged sword because you get bored with the stuff that you you can do and you always try and find something else but yeah that that is true it's the intention uh the curiosity as long as it doesn't kill the cat we just keep on going you know so that that's that's the premise of what we do all this time yeah. So you think curiosity is the most important thing for you when it comes to creating contents or is there anything else? Uh, oh, 100%. I would say, yeah. 100%. Collectively as a team, individually as well. The team has gotten so big right now. I don't know what mm. grinds their gears, as we <laughs> honest. Jeremy over here that's sitting in the corner with us here right now. There's all kinds of, he likes all kinds of funny stuff, which is all different to us. Like every, everyone has a different motivation in content, I feel. But I think, I think the guys know as well. Like I, I stand by a very very simple factor like uh you keep the kid inside alive like no matter how old you grow right you got to keep your kid inside alive and curiosity is what propels us as kids it is the source of imagination it is uh it is the result of imagination as well <clears throat> and I, I feel like we create and we do things and play as a kid because we are curious in a certain sense what is this what can it be you know, and what can I make of it as my own, right? And and I feel like these days, people are just scared to be curious. Like, like if you were curious, you, you wouldn't see, if like, I mean, if everyone was curious, you wouldn't see everyone following the same thing, right? You would be seeing 
so much more varied content. Like people are very uh, comfortable following trends and that is not curiosity for, for lack of a better, I'm being very harsh and extreme, but um, a curiosity is basically trying new things. And if you put the kid factor into it without the fear of failing, right? Because as a kid, you don't care. You're curious, you do it, you get scolded. Lah. You know, that's it. If it's wrong, you know, you, you fall down and break a leg, then you break a leg, right? But when, as, as, as we grow up, we learn fear and we learn failure. And that kills curiosity most of the time, right? And, and I've, I've always tell the team, like, don't worry. I'm, uh, <laughs> like, I work with a girl called Vivian, don't worry. You're, you're getting paid to make mistakes. Don't, <laughs> so go make mistakes, you know? Um, uh, I think that, that alleviates a lot of, uh, off the back of a creative. When you, you know you are paid and you're okay to be, to be failing at something. Um, because uh, a lot of times, you know, people pen- penalize failure. And, and, and in the creative world, that can't work the same because you need to fail. You need to be curious to fail, curious to fail. And finally, something doesn't fail and it works. Um, but curiosity is the source of it. And, and I think when you stop wondering and you stop asking why, then that's the day everything dies. That, that, that's my opinion, at least. I'm not a guru. What do I know? Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. a very good take. But speaking of gurus and what they like, what is your favorite oh part of being a content creator? Hmm. Man, you answer that while I sort out my plant. I'm just having an OCD <laughs> moment. I just realized it's not like on the side. Give me a sec. Man, answer a that plant. Plus. Yeah, you guys. Sorry, this for for everyone what, like listening to the podcast. I'm so sorry. There's no visual reference for this. Mingyu has plants. No, you can watch our YouTube. That's visual. Oh, there we go. Yeah, go, <laughs> yes. go, go for that. Okay. Um, what's the favorite thing about being a content creator? I honestly don't know. Like Mingyu said, I think we are the worst influencers and KOLs like we don't care like oh my gosh I can my team hates how much we don't care like there's no consistency there is no hashtags there is no go and pose in front of this and take pictures you know there's no publicizing your lives I think we are the antithesis of what the influencers are supposed to be <laughs> um, <clears throat> but one thing I do appreciate about being a quote-unquote content creator is the things that we have been able to see, like the world we've been able to travel, the people that we've managed to get to know. It comes with a nice uh, uh, pass, you know, an express pass to a lot of industry things. I'm not going to lie. My, my, my best, <clears throat> and this doesn't make sense at all because there was literally no perks of, of like no payment and stuff, right? The epitome of being a content creator wasn't even a day we went to YouTube London. It was the day Mingyu and I stepped into, and Brian stepped into Marvel's secret headquarters in New York. And we were not allowed to take pictures. We were not allowed to take videos. Nobody knows the existence of this happening except us. And we cannot show anyone anything about it. And to me, that is priceless. Like, it's the stuff you don't post that is precious. Um... That is, has to be the epitome. Like, I don't know, other than being able to have a career and now provide for my family and friends, um, I, I don't think KOL or content creator, I, I don't know people use which label these days, right? Like content creator, I think KOL, I don't know. I want to be into, uh, TikTok famous, uh, yeah. Um, uh, the perks of it is definitely just some access. You get a lot of access into a lot of things. Um, but I love being able to travel the world when it was pre-COVID and, and meeting different people, 100%. What, what's your favorite moment with being a KOL? <laughs> uh, 
I love you so much. <laughs> <laughs> he gets his plants at the back. Ah, uh, it's <laughs> just priorities. Yeah, and I, I, I agree with Minghan. I think it's, 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 um, it's some of the amazing people mm. we've managed to meet, um, and just the crazy windows of opportunity that we've that have been open to us. Like I, I would never in a million years expect to work with some of the amazing brands that we've been able to work with. Um, yeah. Like, like, like even back, like when we started off uh, with like McDonald's, Coke, and then you see Netflix and Marvel today, I'm just like, what the heck, man? Like, where's yeah. all these people coming from? And, and, and I mean, throughout the whole process, we've always just always felt um, undeserving of it, of it, honestly, because I think there's so yeah. many great creators out there. Um, we don't understand like why would y'all choose us or why would y'all you know uh, pick us for this and and I think this that's that's been the reality check every step of the way the fact that we know that we are nowhere close to being great uh, but still have these opportunities come across um, that's for us I think that, that that's one of the biggest motivators of continuing to strive to be better at least if, if it's not to be the best but yeah that's, that's that's just been the the best part of it that we're not living alone. Um, yeah, I love how down to earth you guys are. So I'm just gonna pick your brain for a little bit of personal advice. Uh, when oh I started, yeah, because like I think this is very important uh, when we think about creating content. So when we start out, we're very organic. You know, we do what we feel like doing. Like oh, said, here we uh, go. You know, yeah, creative. Okay. You know, uh, following curiosity. This is what I want to do. This is what I want to bring to the screen. Oh, damn. But then yeah. the more like the numbers start coming in, and then you know you have oh. sponsors, and you have to watch for things like stats and engagement. How oh. Do you oh, not let analytics. those numbers get to you? <laughs> the I love the fact that Jeremy is here because Jeremy yeah. <clears throat> and he can't say anything. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy's um, just like quietly sitting over there, just be like mm. yeah, numbers, numbers, stats, views, stats, views, <laughs> reasons, uh, topics. Oh my gosh! So the thing is, like, okay, Mingyu is part of strategy now. Like, like we actually do this for people. Uh, we take a step back. Honestly, honestly, um. It's really weird because we don't apply any of these to our own content, right? But we help people do it a lot. Um, I, I think it's also because, I don't know, maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong. But I've, I've never liked applying analytics, stats, results, KPIs, ROIs to the things I want to create. Like I never had the ROI or the, the, or, or the goal of my content was never to achieve numbers. You know, uh, I just wanted to make something that I like, you know, I, I personally would like to watch. Um, and I've tried my best to distance the numbers from my content uh, as much as possible. So maybe that's why it's easier for us to do it for other people because I hear it's not my content, but I can really break down, you know, which hashtags to not use to use, you know, how you should present it up to which time of the day you should be posting this at, right? And, and it's really important now um, uh, because in the day and era that we're living, it's not enough to just be a creator. You've got to be a marketer of your content as well, you know? And it's really horrible because creators are horrible marketers. And it's either you're a really good marketer and a horrible creator. And because very, very rarely, these two go hand in hand, yeah? And, and you will see that you really can see those who really shoot the fame, they're really good at marketing themselves. They're insanely good. 
But as their content amazing, rarely they make like unique content. They are really good at knowing what content to make. But originality is just their image. And I'm see, I'm gonna get. I I I love painting targets on my back, you know. But I'm <laughs> I'm very honest with this, right? Like the successful peers that I've had are are those who can successfully market their brand in their image. The insanely successful peers I've had are those who can make unique content and market their brand and their image. So it's crazy because these days. There's so much noise online. You have to pay attention to stats. You have to pay attention to how you how you pushing this out. How you taking promos of shit, you know. And and I just am so tired of it because I hate doing it on my own. And that's maybe why we just stop making content because I hate competing with noise. I hate trying to outsound something else next to me. Um, but it is necessary. It is very very strategic now. If you think about it, Mr. Beast knows what he's doing. Um, Tommy Inet knows what he's doing. All these current new creators have found a niche, and they know how to develop it. And and we can't, unfortunately, if you want to be successful to a certain degree, or depends again, defining how you define success. If you want to be famous and big in numbers, there are certain things you need to apply to. Right, you need you need to to, to follow. And and these are the things that personally just don't sit in my own set of principles. So I've never chased clout. Like I I I don't care. I if I like you and I like what you do, I don't really care about your numbers or what. I like your 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 talent. Let's do something together. That's it. But I know that the better a better formula is that most people like even YouTube says it that you collaborate with someone of the same numbers, so on and so forth. So yeah, our whole our whole journey in this is really balancing uh, or bouncing back and forth between organic and inorganic, like you said, right, Sulin? Like, how do you do that? And and the real answer is, and and I think if, like this applies to literally any creator, right? Is that you have to understand your platform. You need to understand what you are making and where you're making it, because it's a big deal these days. There's so like like freaking TikTok, even TikTok versus Reels on Instagram. People say you can just double post and everything, and I'm like, I I beg to differ. It's two different things, right? It's two different kind of audiences you want to see. Live streaming on Instagram, live streaming on Twitch, two different live streams, absolutely different, right? So, unfortunately, Sulin, you do. <laughs> There is due diligence. There is um, an understanding of your platform that you want. But on my own personal time, I'm just gonna say, uh, screw the rules. I'm just gonna do me, and I want to push that boundary to to be the purest of like. I'm just gonna make my content, and and if it blows up, here's it to everyone who says I need to have cleavage in my videos, uh, to 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 put in my thumbnail because obviously I don't have any, and I can't do it. Um, but yeah, Mingyu, Mingyu is part of Strat for this. What is your take on like inorganic versus organic stuff? Yeah, I guess this is where Mingyu and I differ quite vastly. Um, and it, it, it's, it's a good mix or so, right? So he he believes in kind of like, you know, making it screw the numbers and all that. But I think when you have um, like a team and all that in place, you, you can't do that um, as opposed to just being a solo creator uh, who's funding himself, right? So... Um, we do have numbers and and we do have I I I don't use the word numbers. I use timelines as a very good indicator of what what you're doing, right? Because I feel like you could be you could be like you could be this great 
amazing creator and you can make stuff for 50 years and no one sees it. And by that time, you're just eating dirt and grass. And I feel like that isn't doing justice to yourself as well. So when you have a full team of people coming in to do the same thing, there needs to be indicators of uh, performance and success. Um, of course, you know, for us, numbers again, they, they, they don't, numbers mean so many different things. I think the way that numbers yep. have now become a option on Instagram, even for likes and, and, and followers and yep. all that, like it, it, it's always changing. People used to see how many followers you have. Now it's engagement rate. I think in a couple of years, it might change again to just purely like the number of comments you get or something like that, you know? Um, so we, we try not to be dictated by numbers, but we understand that that's a performance index that brands and clients do take in consideration. So that's yep. also important for us. Right. Um, and it's, it's, it's not wrong. I, I, I feel like we we had the liberty to create without worrying about all that. But now yeah. being uh, responsible of brands and their performances and also our own content and our team, there needs to be uh, that level of accountability of, am I doing this right for you? Is the work I'm doing um, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you the results that you want? And I think that, that that's how we kind of like like measure success at the yeah. end of the day. Um, it's it's never easy, especially with the, the way the market's moving and how things are constantly changing. But that's also, I guess, the prerogative of the um, the initiative of, 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 of the creators, right? If you are aware of what you're making, if you're aware of what the market is like, if you're thinking about the consumer experience and the end bit of who is receiving it, then you have a higher chance of getting your message out there a bit more and just being yeah. smarter with how you're doing it. So it's important for us. I mean, definitely numbers, we don't like to be governed by it, um, but we are aware of how it's important to brands and clients and, and yeah. people. Yeah, It doesn't, it might not govern your personal stuff, but it governs everything else in brands. Like, yeah. I mean, is it, it, uh, the client isn't going to sit down and talk to you about your uh, your hopes and dreams, right? They're going to just look at your numbers and like, hmm, maybe we use this guy, right? That's, that's basically it, right? Um, yeah, so it's true. Uh, as much as I hate it, it, it is true. We are still subject to numbers because, I mean, even starting out, like like you said, you push back and you comb back to like the earliest video. Um, the simple thing to say it is the numbers are an indicator of how much people want to watch your stuff. Right, yeah. and at the start, it's a very interesting thing to see because like, oh, thousand people want to watch me rant about Kappa. Okay, great. So, um, and then you build on that. But when you get controlled by numbers, that's a whole different thing that we are definitely not going to talk about today. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yes, there is a very big importance because it is um, a, a scale, a unit of measurement that brands understand. Right, they're not, they're, they don't have the time to sit down and and talk to you about how meaningful your content is. Unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. Mm. And I think it's so to make this whole thing sustainable, right? And I don't really want to end the podcast on something so hardcore. It's so depressing. Oh. <laughs> okay. uh, but let's talk a bit. The last question. How do you get into your most creative zone? Or when would you say you are most creative? Wow. Oh, this I think about every day. Mm. Now, this is the crazy part. I think I've talked to Mingyu and Brian a lot about this. About how creativity changes and grows with you and TLDR my most creative is when I'm alone and doing nothing like I have to put down my phone I have to be zoning out like I I, I feel like that's my most creative moment like um, it, it becomes a discipline actually to, to disconnect like I think I think you know the Unplugged Project I made that with foresight uh, knowing that it's going to be very important one day to unplug and and 
I, I think the real secret to creativity is boredom. Like I need to be bored. I, I, I genuinely need to be bored. And not the bored in the sense where I'm going to pop on Netflix and like be bored, right? Oh, I'm so bored watching this. No, no, no. I mean like 1990s bored. Like <laughs> Ostagor staring at the ceiling. Nothing is happening bored. Mm. Like that is the trigger But honestly, of it's just very hard right now because exactly. everything that we see on social media, it's so, what do you call it, Triggering? Like it wants to But don't, don't you think you. that's the that's a secret? That's the, the yeah. that's a secret in plain sight. Like to stand apart from people, you got to be doing something that no one else is doing. Yeah, and right now, that's, that, that something is nothing. You mm. have to be doing nothing. And I want to be part of that, that fraction of the society that is doing nothing. And, if, and, and really, that's really counterproductive, especially when you're running a team. Like, how many hours of the day do I get to do nothing? Like, can you imagine people call me, Ming, what you're doing? I'm lying down, looking at the ceiling. Like, I'm trying to get inspiration. <laughs> I would freaking get murdered, okay? Um, but honestly, that's the thing. Um, some of the best ideas, like the Unplugged project, it came when I was unplugged, like not thinking about anything, like not doing anything. And I've tested this time and time again, and I've known my brain that I need to be doing absolutely nothing, you know, to be the most creative. I, and, and it's how your brain works because uh, we're just so used to constant stimulation, right? Screen, 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 yes, screen. Stimulation. That all the focus goes into that conscious part of, you know, paying attention nothing is left for your brain or no space is left for your brain to make stuff up. Imagination is at like a whole time low because you don't have to imagine anything anymore, right? But yeah, imagination is like a muscle. If you don't use it, it gets weak. Um, and then I feel like that's why people kind of joke like, mm, I get my best ideas when I go to the toilet or when I go and shower. But not anymore because people bring their phones into the toilet, right? Um, yeah. So I, I do make it a... a, a I do make a discipline that my most creative is when I absolutely do nothing, like zero, plug out, don't talk to me. <clears throat> Let me ponder on the existence of life or something like that. And that's where the thing. Mingyu, when, when, is, when is yours? Your most creative? Um, <laughs> I realize I'm most creative when I am given a uh, deadline. Or <laughs> if you put me in the situation itself, then mm -hmm. like my creativity <laughs> times, like it, it, it amplifies- Desperation and it, it, increase. Yeah, it magnifies a lot more. So like, for example, like writing a script, I can be creative on my own. I think that's how the, 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 the sparks usually start, but it's in the moment that I'm doing it where it, it, it magnifies by uh, like, by leaps and bounds. Um, so that's why I always, whenever we write scripts for clients, I tell them like, it's probably going to be a very big difference on the day of shooting this because I will have a way more uh, like inspiration. So that was something that we did recently with like a uh, telco. Um, we, we, we shot on a very tight timeline. We had to come up with seven videos and shoot them all in one day. Um, and I told them, this is a rough guide of what's going to happen. But when we shot it, things did change quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and I think that's similar for me for my reels as well. Like I, I've, I've never planned any of the reels, maybe one or two the day before. I'm like, okay, I'm probably going to talk about this tomorrow. But all of it has always been the minute I hit record and then like I start figuring out what, what I'm going to say. So that's been my process. But but I, I always tell like the team and the people around me like, don't be like you cannot be victim to your environment like so what if there is a lot of noise so what if like like you know life sucks and you have to work nine to like nine to nine and you got no time to be creative i'm like if if that's your if that's your life and if that's how the cards are dealt then you find a way to 
to make the use of it, like make, make the most of it. Like the resources are given to you, right? Do something with what you have. Um, and then I, I think like, because creativity cannot be, it cannot be this serene mindset, like a state that you need to aspire to be. If it was right, nobody would be creative. Very few lah. No? Like maybe like yeah. really on a good day, like we can go out to the like middle of the ocean and be on the boat alone. But yeah. realistically, all of the biggest ideas that Ming Han and I have had was always in the thick of it. It was always just like in the, the, the grind in and out of it, right? You saw, saw that I mentioned. Yeah. And then after that, um, it's just like, like it's, it's, it's in the mundane that we see the miracles. And that's always yeah. been how we've been operating from our short stories and sketches yeah. that we will always pick up on something that is the most boring thing of like being in a supermarket and seeing a mother scold the child. We create an entire sketch just about that scenario. Mm. And, and I, I think that's, that is what good creators should yeah, strive to be inspired by. Yeah. No, it's, it's like, it's like so much less of like happened to me creativity, you know, mm. where is this enlightenment? No, it's, it's a, it's a chase. You got to chase it or it, nothing happens. Yeah. And like what Ming Han said just now, it's like a muscle. You guys keep practicing yeah. it, your imagination. Mm. That's why I um, mean, you, when you pick up the, your phone and start to roll for your reels, like you just like, it's so effortless for you because you've been practicing it like a muscle. Yeah. Somewhat. Never gets easier, by the way. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I love seeing that you guys have very different answers. Clearly, you guys have a very unique dynamic, you know, almost almost juxtaposition at this point. It's like both of you are on extreme ends of what you're doing. And you have taken mm. us through this whole journey. I feel like, you know, six, 10 years, we have experienced the whole thing in like half an hour. So thank you guys Oof. so much for coming on. It was really, really fun talking to you, especially on a Monday morning that we we're recording oh, this. The energy delicious. is just amazing. <laughs> Thank you for letting us be long-winded for half an hour of Plus Plus Plus. Thanks for having Thank us you. on. Thank you. Mm. It was it was it was great. Honestly, it was amazing. And listener, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Everyone, stay safe, stay healthy, get vaccinated, wear your mask, and take care, everyone. See you all next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.